We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Back with Johnny for the last six weeks of this schedule preview. Uh, week 12, a team. We already talked about the San Francisco 49ers. We're getting them at home this time. Uh, I had them winning. I believe you had them losing. Uh, but so so I think we talked about it enough about Tampa Bay, but we didn't we didn't touch on Jimmy G last time. And it be as a like very anti Jimmy Garoppolo podcast. Uh, we, we can't not touch on this guy. Uh, like he's, he's such a weird player to discuss because like, I'm a, like he doesn't really fly off the page on the eye test. You know, nobody's going to sit here, even the biggest Jimmy G defenders and say like, he's a top, top five quarterback or anything like that. At the same time, the man is 21 and five. 
as a starter. And if you include the playoffs, he's what, like 23 and 6? Like, that's, that's fucking unbelievable. Like, it's, it's hard to, like, process how many games he's won. And it's, if, if you take away 2018, he's 20 and 3 as a starter. Uh, the numbers, like, they don't, they don't pop off the page. Last year, he had a little under 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions, which is good. Uh, it's good, for sure. It's not like, you know, the 13 interceptions in 20, 2019 for a guy who is not, not exactly like slinging the ball like a huge amount. You don't, you don't love that, but, I mean, he's still like, I don't know. It, it, it's silly to say he's a bad quarterback, but like, how, like, how good do we really think this guy is? And like, good and is he good enough that they could win a Super Bowl with him at quarterback? Well, I tend to believe that Jimmy G is the reason why the the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. So there's that. Now. I, I joke a lot about Jimmy G being a bad quarterback and it's like a half truth kind of thing. Do I think he's a good quarterback? I mean, Hey, he's an NFL quarterback. He, um, he's a starter on the league. So he's obviously talented in some aspect, right? Do I think he's an upper tier quarterback? No. And really, I feel like he kind of came uh, Tim Tebow effect. I, I'm going to hurt Steve a little bit here because, you know, your boy Steve has uh, has a lot of love for Tim Tebow. But I, I mean, dude, even like as maybe one of the biggest Tim Tebow believers on the planet, it is not fair to compare this man to Tim Tebow. He is so much <laughs> better than Tim Tebow. Okay, okay, hold on. I didn't say he was the same <laughs> quarterback. As Tim Tebow, like you're just I you're, was, I, you're talking about just the winning aspect, right? Like winning games yeah. is blowing up his his stature. Exactly. That I'm I'm not comparing to him talent wise as as Tim Tebow. Let's get that clear because he's definitely better than Tim Tebow was. But what what I'm getting at is Tim Tebow thrived because of a very talented Denver Broncos defense which is what I've been saying about the 49ers. The 49ers thrived because of a very talented defense. Now, they're they're a little bit better, in my opinion, than what the Broncos were, because at least offensively there was weapons like Kittle. So I, I think in that aspect he kind of has an advantage there because he's on a really, really good team. And I I feel like he benefits there if you were to put him on, say, any other team. I'm not sure you same results. You know, I, I think there will be a few games where he, he does extremely well, and then I feel like there will be a lot of other games where he's just going to look lost out there. Yeah, and I mean, like, you, you point to 2017. He went 5-0 and with with uh after he got traded to the 49ers midseason i believe uh and that look lane let's be honest that team wasn't good uh in 2017 they weren't that good he he had 
he had completed 67% of his passes. He threw seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, I mean, not not the best, but he, he got the job done. They won. He was completing most of his passes at least. Uh, and then, like, you look at 2018, that team was not good, and he didn't play great. Uh, they went one and two. He wasn't wasn't phenomenal in the three games before he got injured. But I, I don't know, man. I I think there is a a medium somewhere between where like Rams fans will rank Jimmy Garoppolo and where like, like people will rank this guy because like I don't think he's that good. But at the same time, like you can't sit here and say he's bad. And like if he was our starting quarterback we would probably be a lot higher on him. Like, you got to be honest there. Like, uh, but I don't know. It's, it's such a, it's such a bizarre player to, to quantify, but, uh, like I, I still, I don't know if he's a top 20 quarterback, but at the same time, like, yeah, I think like you'd be nuts to say the 49ers couldn't win with them. They, they've won a lot with them. So, Johnny, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm having fun with my predictions. I am going to take the Rams to sweep the 49ers this year. Because fuck it, man. Why not? We almost, we almost beat them twice last year, and I think we're going to be better this year. And I think they're going to be a little worse. I'm going to go... Let's go 23-16 to 16 Rams is my official prediction here. Have them winning. So I think this is going to be an extremely close game as usual. And as much as I would love to say that the Rams are going to stick it to Jimmy G and the 49ers, I'm not going to honestly say I believe it. Just because until I really see what the Rams offense is capable of, it's a question mark for me. I think the Rams offense is extremely talented, but the 49ers defense is just, it's elite. There's no other way. It may very well be the best defense in football. Like it's that good. And I think that's where it's going to come down to is whoever scores the most points. I think it'll be a very low scoring affair. And I think the Rams are just going to fall short. I'm going to say 17 to 10 49ers. Damn. So I got I got the Rams sweeping the Niners this year and you have them getting swept. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean I I mean in reality like we haven't pumped these predictions. I I I feel good that we're going to split with the Niners. Uh I I don't think we'll get swept. I'm not sure if we will sweep uh, but like I mentioned on the on the last Powerwood when we talked about the Niners, Sean McVay has done a really good job against them. And even last year, we didn't win, but we played well in those two games, and we were outmatched. And, I mean, maybe I'm being too much of a homer. We're, we're also outmatched this year. But uh, I, I feel good. Um, let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals on the road in Week 13. The the Cardinals are like they went so they're just they're, they're we we talked about Tampa Bay and how weird they are. The Cardinals are a, a very fun team to talk about. They went five twenty ten and one last year under head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who we're still not sure is good. And me and Johnny definitely are not sure of that. Their quarterback Kyler Murray 
getting a lot of hype this year. He had a pretty good rookie season. I'm pretty sure he's good. Uh, but like, we we still need to see a little more. I I I do like what I've seen though so far, uh, and he's a guy I love watching. As I've said in the past, he was the rookie of the year last year. It's up for debate if he deserved it, uh, but I mean he probably did. As far as rookies of the year go in like recent memory, I think it was one of the least less inspiring ones, but still completed sixty four percent of his passes, thirty seven hundred yards, twenty touchdowns, twelve interceptions, added five hundred forty four yards on the ground and four touchdowns, which is a lot. That's a lot of yards for a quarterback. Not Lamar Jackson, but that's a lot. Do you, Johnny, do you believe that this tandem, and then we'll talk about the other players, like like starting at the court, is this tandem good enough that this team can make a legitimate leap last year, this year, and not only be in the hunt for the playoffs, but maybe even grab a playoff spot? I think they're going to be a little bit better this year. I think just because the division they're in, it's going to keep them out of the playoffs. But I feel like if this team was in like any other league, just about, or any other division rather, I feel like they would make the playoffs. But just because for the fact alone that they're playing in the NFC West, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, I still see them as the last team in the division and not because they're an awful team, just because they're in a very talented division. The addition of Hopkins is amazing. Like I, I, I I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not as much of a fan of him like Steve is, but I mean, come on. You're giving him arguably the best wide receiver in the game. And, and hey, but not to interrupt, but Kyler Murray may be the second best quarterback this guy has ever played with. That's true. He played with a lot of scrubs there in Houston before Deshaun Watson. That That's true. I'll, I'll give you that one. But still, I mean... I, I I don't I mean I I feel like you could put Austin Davis there and he would thrive because of DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. I, I'm just saying, you know, Hopkins made a lot of quarterbacks, you know, look better than they should have. Uh, not that there was a lot of scrub, uh, like you mentioned, there was a lot of scrubs, so uh, maybe they didn't look that great, but they certainly improved. He certainly improved the the Texans' offense for uh, Deshaun Watson. So I feel like the same is going to happen here. Maybe not to the extent of, like, say, him playing under, I don't know, a guy like Schaub. But did he play for Schaub? I think he did, right? I, he, I think he caught the talent of Schaub. I'm not sure, though. Uh, it, it's a, it was a while ago. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I, I I think that uh, the the Cardinals is not a team you should overlook, but I think that the Rams are still a better team overall. I, I think they'll just be a lot closer because let's face it, when the Rams played against the Cardinals, was there ever really any question that the Rams were going to win? I I don't think there was ever a question. 
but I think it is a question this year. I think that it's they're they're a like the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, as you mentioned, like it is a monumental addition. I mean, I personally, I think this guy is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. And you add that guy to, um, and we talked about this when we did the positional rankings. And I think we both ranked the Cardinals as the best position group in the division as far as wide receiver goes. Be- like you bring in Hopkins, you already have Larry Fitzgerald, who is, is not nearly the player he was, but. For what he's going to be asked to do this year, like that's a good guy to have. You also have Christian Kirk, who I is is like a budding young receiver. You know, he's he's not going to be like setting any planets on fire or anything. But he now that you have Hopkins in the mix and you bump him down to the number two receiver, I think he's going to be great in that role. Uh, and, and then you have Kenyon Drake, man. I I I believe it. I am a believer in Kenyon Drake. Uh, I am not. I'm just not sold on Kingsbury yet, and that's going to be the make or break this season. Uh, I think he did do a good job, you know, adapting after things didn't really work the way he wanted them with his offense early on in the season. And I'm much more optimistic about his him being a good NFL head coach than I was when he got hired. I mean, we will see. I'm not fully there yet, but I look, man, if he is like, if that ends up being a good head coaching hire, this team, like. This is going to be a scary up-and-coming team. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is not that old. He, he He's really – I'm going to look up his age now, but he is not that old of a player. Uh, Kenyon Drake is not very old. Kyler Murray is ridiculously young. Uh, Hopkins is 28, and he'll be turning 29 in June. So, I mean, it's been a week for a while, but he came in young. He, he's a, he's a, not old at all. Uh, this – it just fucking sucks that this team really had to be added into the mix because, you know, because of their improvements, there is a chance that the Rams are the worst team in the division this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's not crazy to say, whereas, like, last year or the year before, it would have been insane to say. But uh, I I really like the pieces they added, man. Uh, I think they're going to take over the title that we used to have as the, t- the division's spookiest team. And they're going to be one of the spookiest teams in the, the league. Like, oh, man, they're going to be frightening in a few years. They're going to be scary. Uh, but for that reason, I'm going to take them to win here. I think this is going to be a shootout, 37-35, to 35, The a statement win for the Cardinals uh, for me in Week 13 on the road uh, because I think they're going to be a team that's going to be competitive and fighting for a playoff spot. Whoa. Uh, so we're, we're definitely going to butt heads here. So, like I said, I, I I like the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that he's going to certainly make things interesting for the NFC West. And I feel like the entire NFC West is a team you don't want to play. So that being said, I am not a believer in Kenyon Drake. I never have been a believer in Drake. <laughs> I, I don't understand where all this is coming from. Last year, he he came to the Cardinals. He had a few good games, I will admit, but nothing that was like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be the the you know the next best uh, NFC West running back. I just I don't see it. I, I don't understand. He was nothing special with the Miami Dolphins. Of course, yeah, you know, he was. Those games, though, like you're underselling those games, man. 
he he was really killing it with, in Arizona for a couple of games. Uh, like, is, is he going to be Todd Gurley, like, at his peak? No, but uh, I am a believer in him being a good running back, and I, I think that's all they're going to need. Uh, eight games with the Cardinals, he had 643 yards, nine, um, what the hell, why am I looking at advanced statistics? 643 yards, eight touchdowns on the ground, uh, added 171 yards through the air. Uh, and really, if you played against him in the fantasy football playoffs, uh, you probably hate him because he really fucking went off. He had a, he had a, uh, in week 15, he had a 137 yard and four touchdown performance. I mean, like you can't make that shit up, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm a believer. I, I think he's good. So even if you say, let's say Drake is, is, uh, decent. That's kind of how I, I, I picture Drake's season to be. Um, you know, a guy that's going to put up some numbers here and there, but is he going to do it on a consistent basis? I don't see that. Um, so for that reason, going up against the Rams defensive line, I'm confident, man. I, I'm really confident in this game. I don't know, know if it's going to be a blowout like it's been in the past season, but I think that this is going to be a game that the Rams win comfortably. So I'm going to say the Rams win uh, 28 to – let's go 28 to 20. I just realized that I was on mute for three minutes, so we're going to come back here. But, yeah, Johnny, I the, the Cardinals are a fun team, and I just – you know, you got to pick your losses somewhere. Like I could sit here and talk – talk myself into a 16 and 0 Rams season if I really wanted to. But, uh, I mean, we'll see how we feel week 13, but I'm not going to sit here and act like picking the Cardinals to win is an insane thing. Uh, that game to me is going to be tossed up on the road with or without fans, most likely without week 14. We are playing in Thursday night football against the new England Patriots. Uh, obviously when we talked about Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's not there. They bring in Cam Newton, and let me start with this, and I just gave this rant in my cut three minutes, but I'm excited to give it again. Jared Siddham was never going to be the starting quarterback of this team. Like, if that were the case, that would be Bill Belichick just throwing the season and trying to get Trevor Lawrence. The guy was a fourth-round pick, and is not like the kind of fourth-round pick where you're like, oh, well, he fell, he slipped in the draft. Like, there's a lot of value there. He was a seal in the fourth round. No, he was just a fucking fourth-round pick. Like, he was as day three as it gets when you're talking about quarterbacks. He was never going to be the starter if there was any option available. And being strapped for cap space, they didn't really have a ton of options. But lo and behold, Bill Belichick works his magic and brings in Cam Newton. Now, Cam is joining a offensive core that, skill player-wise, is not good. Uh, it is not a good skill player core. They got Julian Edelman, who's fine. You know, he's getting up there in age, but he's still productive. They have Muhammad Sanu, who was not great for them after the addition happened. They have Nikhil Harry, who may or may not be a bust. They have James White, who is a fine pass catcher, but not the uh, dual threat guy that Cam Newton has played in the past, a la Christian McCaffrey. They got Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris. But uh, look, man, Cam in his only game last year against us, or the only game of the season last year he played against us, you know, I, he looked a little off, but I'm not like, 
what did you think like i didn't think he was just like straight up washed like i i doubt there was definitely something there like still like i think in a bill belichick led team uh who's gonna let him be the quarterback he's like we mentioned with tom brady last week he's gonna be revitalized he's having to change the scenery for the first time in a long time he has as big of a chip on his shoulder as any quarterback in the entire nfl by far i would say uh, I, I am optimistic about cam and to tell you the truth, I don't know how this team is going to be, but I think cam is going to be pretty good. And in, in a division where it's not, it's not the toughest sledding and it hasn't been for the last couple of years. Hence why the Patriots keep fucking winning it. I think there is a chance, but I wouldn't bet on it. And I think I'd pick Buffalo to win the division, but there is a chance that they win it again. Uh, because I, I think I'm cautiously optimistic about Cam Newton this year. You know, the interesting thing is I, I think that Cam Newton does bring a lot of dimension to this team than people realize, you know, and I think it's going to be interesting how Belichick uses Cam Newton because you have this really athletic guy that Belichick has never really had before. I mean, Brady, yeah, he he can move every now and then, but not to the extent of, like, a Cam Newton. If you have a healthy Cam Newton, you have a really, really talented player. Um, Now, it's been a while since he's been 100% healthy, but we'll see. If he can stay healthy, this this is a team to watch out for, for sure. And um, as far as I'm concerned with with the the Patriots, I'm not going to lie, Steve, before, um, you know, like maybe I'd say about a about a month or two ago, I had the Patriots winning this game. I did. Until I saw all these players dropping out or opting out of the 2020 season, you know, it wasn't just random players you know these were really talented guys that will affect the outcome of this team you know these these are really really talented guys particularly um i think believe it or not i i like hightower a lot and him opting out i feel like is gonna be one of the biggest reasons why they don't win this game yeah i don't think that's crazy at all i think he was probably the best player to drop out unless i'm thinking of anyone crazy uh but yeah they got they got hit the hardest by the opt-outs for sure they had eight total players hopped out and they're not like like something like brandon bolden's not going to move the other team but like dr hightower patrick trung uh those are two contributors i mean even like marcus lee and matt matt lacoste might have had a, a serious impact on this offense given how thin they are uh, it's, yeah, it's it's tough, but uh, to me, even if they had those guys, to me this is a schedule loss. They're playing on Thursday night football. It's a cross country flight, short week for the Patriots. I think that I think they're this should, this should be a win for the Rams. I think uh, that's not on a short week. This is not the game you want to play for the Patriots traveling across the country to Los Angeles. Uh, I think the Rams win this one. Uh, get get their revenge for his Super Bowl 53. Uh, and finally, be, like, I, I struggled a bet against Tom Brady, but 
given the the scheduling, if this were in New England, I think I would still struggle to bet against Bill Belichick too against us uh, from just pure trauma in the past. I will go twenty, say twenty four to eight eighteen Rams. I'm gonna go ahead and say thirty four to seventeen Rams. Yeah, that's. I'm I'm excited for that game. That's uh, this, this is a fun schedule. This is a. Uh, I mean, once you get through the slogs of like Washington and the Giants and and shit like that, I, it's it's overall a fun schedule. Uh, <laughs> so week fifteen, Johnny, uh, my my home team over here in New York. The New York Jets. Uh, I mean, they they may not like bandits in the Jamal Adams trade, which we talked about on last week's pod. I mean, do we? But do we think the Jets have any chance at winning this division this year? Uh, hell no. <laughs> I I agree, <laughs> wholeheartedly. I I will say that the Jets. Have um have a good team, uh good uh good young play not good team but good group of young players that are coming together, but it's still far away from being a very competitive team, and certainly I I don't think this is a team that's going to be competing to win their division, or can really compete with the Rams for that matter. You know, it, it might sound elitist for the for the Rams to think in that capacity, but it's the fucking Jets. They <laughs> su they suck suck suck. I'm sorry, they just do. And man, you're being, you're being hard on the Jets, but <laughs> I, I'm just being real. I I I agree with you, man. Uh, oh my god, when I was looking at their additions, I saw. I thought it said they signed David Fails to a $9 million contract, but they signed him to a $900,000 contract. I was going to say, like, Jesus. <laughs> well, they got money. Yeah, but uh, I, there, there, were, there is some stuff to like about the Jets. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't really think there's enough talent there on the, the defensive end for this team to really compete this year, especially after uh, moving on from – Jamal Adams, which was the right move, uh, and they got a great they got a great trade for him. Even though, but you you remove that guy from your defense, you're getting worse, and it's already not a great defense to begin with. But offensively, uh, they they interest me. I'm interested to see how this team plays out. Uh, they they invested a lot into their offensive line, and they also got hit big by the opt out with C.J. Mosley opted out, who is without Jamal Adams there, maybe the best player on their defense. But offensively, they they invested in the offensive line. They brought in a couple free agents that you got to imagine are going to start. They gave three-year, $27 million deals to George Font from the Seahawks and Connor McGovern at center from the Broncos. Uh, And they gave George Van Rotten from the Panthers, another guard, a three-year, $10.5 million deal. So they're not like – they made an effort to put an offensive line around, and they signed Richard Perriman, who – was good last year out of fucking nowhere uh, and might be something, but we'll see. It's the draft Denzel Mims, your boy. We don't need to talk about that. They also took a lineman in the first round, uh, Mikai Becton. 
but we'll see. I'm not. I'm not sure about Sam Darnold yet. I like him. I think he's going to be good. Uh, but with with the bolstering they did of the line, and with the the receivers they have, you know, it, it, to me it's kind of a make or break year for Darnold. He has to show real strides this year. Uh, the team, it's not the best offense around him, but it's certainly not the worst. Uh, I mean, guys like Jamison Crowder, Bashar Perriman, Chris Hernan, and Le'Veon Bell. I mean, those players can play. We know they could play, and it, it's on it's on Darnold, honestly, to me, and I guess Adam Gase to a lesser extent. To to get the most to 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 make a leap and whether I don't think a leap from Sam Darnold is going to result in this team going anywhere because now I think they're destined for like six and ten, but um I don't know he needs he needs to make a leap this year I think for sure for them to be competent in him because he he's shown promise but there's nothing really there that like you point to Sam Darnold and you're like that's our guy uh, we should feel confident in him. Steve, what you talking about? How we don't need to talk about Denzel Mims? <laughs> you knew this was going to come up. It's a, it's a sore it, subject, man. It's Denzel Mims versus Van Jefferson. That's the highlight of this game. Denzel Mims versus Van Jefferson, and I'm really hoping Van Jefferson comes out on top. Just saying. But that being said. Uh, yeah, there's really, I, I mean, there's certainly potential in some of these guys. Joking aside, there's potential in Mims, but he's still not a proven commodity. I I am not a believer in, in Sam Darnold. I never have been, and I never will be. He's He's better than the quarterbacks that they had last year when he was out. Oh my but god, dude! That's I... not saying much. That's really not saying much. So, I I don't understand the hype around Darnold. He's never proven really much of anything. Uh, to be fair, though, I mean he is on the Jets, but still, like, he, there's nothing about his leadership or qualities that made me think, you know what, this guy would be better on a better team he might improve a little bit being realistic but i don't know if he'd actually lead a team anywhere he really hasn't shown that kind of capability yeah and then you have like on bell right yeah they they do still and, have levy on bell uh, you know i i have to ask because he's constantly being targeted as a trade object, even though last year with the Jets was his first year. I would have loved to get him for for Todd Gurley instead of just paying Todd Gurley $20 million this year, uh, honestly. Look, look I, I, he, was, he wasn't great last year, but I think a lot of that was because the offense was a fucking disaster on many fronts. There's no excuses for him this year, though. They... they he, he didn't have the blocking. They gave him the block. They gave him the blocking. Uh, they added new receivers. Uh, he, unless Sam Darnold walks out there and is just like a complete train wreck, uh, if he doesn't produce this year, it's on him, man. Uh, just, just honestly, it, it's on him. But I, I, I believe in him. I think he's. I, I like him in fantasy this year. Uh, I don't think he's going to blow anyone away. He's not going to put up the numbers he put up in Pittsburgh. But I think he's going to be good. Uh, I. 
he's making a little too much money for what he produced, but I think he will produce a little bit. But yeah, and Darnold too, like it's going into year three. I mean, how many guys who are still starters going to year three do we like do we talk about like this? Like in recent memory. Like not many, man. Like so it's not good. It's not it's not shaping up good for Darnold, but we'll see. You know, he wouldn't be the the first quarterback to break out in year three. So that being said, Steve, do you have the Jets potentially upsetting the Rams here? No, I have the Rams winning thirty three to ten. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have the Rams dominating in this game. I, I give them a little more credit. I said the Rams were going to win thirty-eight to twenty. <laughs> it's not that much more credit. You have them losing. I, I said a little bit. <laughs> it's like five more points. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Jets are going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that we get it at all. I'm genuinely, like, like if I look at the teams in the NFL this year and I say, who has the most likely chance to be the worst team in the NFL this year? There's not a lot of teams I would pick before the Jets. You know, like, uh, like i'm I'm scrolling through the rankings around like who who do who can I see being the worst team in the league before I would say the Jets I would say Washington the Giants the Jags end of list they'd be the fourth <laughs> wow, most likely team i i i i i th- I could see it being the Bengals the Bengals wouldn't be much higher but i i would I think they're gonna be better than the Jets yeah, I, I, I'm thinking that the worst team is going to be the Washington football team. Yeah. But that's another story. I think I think Jacksonville's going to be terrible, too. Uh, they would be my one and two. <laughs> <laughs> when, when those are the two worst teams in the league and the Jets are in the conversation, it's like every, you get a sense of normalcy from 2020. <laughs> um Thanks. So week sixteen, we're at Seattle. Uh, I I mean, on the road in Seattle in in December. Um, I'm I'm taking a loss for the year for the Rams because I still don't know if I believe in Jared Goff playing in the cold. I I, I think that's still that's still a worry I have. Uh, and this is the only game this year where it's going to be a matter matter, but. Um, for that reason, I I will probably take the Seahawks here, maybe twenty twenty four to seventeen. Okay. Uh, yeah. As far as the Seahawks go, this you know, like like uh, we stated already, it's a tough game. Um, with, with I or without fans too on the road. Uh, if if there's fans, I, I will be very confident we don't win. But uh, without them, I'm more confident that we'd win. But it's still it's still this late in the season. That's a tough place to play. I'm still doubting that there's going to actually be fans there. Agreed. But I am. I imagine that um, there's going to be. It, it either way, it's still going to be tough because one thing 
you know, you could say about the Seahawks is they do appreciate and love and appreciate their fans as they should. But um, I, I feel like this game is going to be a way to honor them. And I think that they're going to pick up a win here. I, I think they're just going to play really good football. It'll be a, good, a close game, but I think Seattle, you know, squeaks on top here. And uh, I say it's going to be a 24, I'll say 24-21 victory for the Seattle Seahawks. Any, I mean, anything we didn't hit on Seattle in the last pod, I mean, uh, I, DK Metcalf, I think he's going to have a big year. And I saw a tweet from uh, Blaine, our, our former colleague, Blaine Grissick. He said that DK Metcalf is going to end the season as the best receiver in the NFC West, which is an absolutely awful take. And he got clowned for it, deservingly. No disrespect to Blaine. Uh, but that being said, he's not going to be better than DeAndre Hopkins, but I was really impressed with him last year, and I think he is going to end the year as one of the best receivers in the NFC West. So uh, I like DK Metcalf. It was one of the things that I thought DK Metcalf was a highly underrated uh, prospect when he was drafted. In fact, I remember saying that it, that was going to be a very underrated move, which it was. And last year, we we certainly saw what DK Metcalf is capable of. So it's not it's not um, odd thing to say that he will be a talented wide receiver. That he will be one of the best wide receivers in the NFC West. Is he going to be the best wide receiver? Hell no. There's just absolutely no way that this guy is going to be the best wide receiver in the NFC West. Um, but yes, he can certainly be considered one of the better receivers in the division. That is not uh, an odd thing to say. And when it's all said and done, um, he could very well be one of the reasons why the Seahawks win this game. Yeah, yeah, he is... He... <laughs> He was just like it's it's funny like the the progression from him like being like the how we talked about around the combine to what he is now he, he actually he actually panned out like guys like him like it's like crazy combine numbers not a production in college those guys rarely pan out in the NFL at this kind of position I feel like but DK did it all, all signs are pointing forward uh, week seventeen we talked about the Cardinals on this pod so that we're home against the Cardinals to end the season. I don't think there's really much more to say about the Cardinals, but do you think this game will matter and have playoff implications? So, uh, if the Rams, if the Rams end up finishing what, which I believe at the moment I have them at, uh, 12 and three at the moment. Yep. And I have them at 10 and five. So I, I think that this could potentially have playoff implications uh, for either team. But if the Rams do inde- uh, indeed, you know, have a 12-3 and three record at this point, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, really vying for a spot unless it's for the top overall spot. 
And for that reason, I think the Rams are going to sit this game. I, I think they're going to rest all their starters like they did in a previous year. And I I think that they're going to lose this game. Uh, just because I feel like they're going to they're going to pin all their secondary players. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say that the Rams lose this game uh, 27 to 14 a, as a complete throwaway game. All right, Johnny, let I let, it's throw on. Uh, I'm going to throw some truth serum at your face. You're only saying this cool. because you didn't want to say the Rams are going to go 13 and three this year. No, I could care less. I mean, <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned, it's already a high enough number. What's 12 and four going to make a big difference? <laughs> uh, I I think they'll. I think this game will matter because I had them at 10 and five, and I think they will win. And uh, I feel good about the 11 and five prediction. But I, let, let's close with this. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, one being low, you're not confident. 10 being the highest confident. How confident would you say that the Rams will finish at your predicted record? What for you is, which for you is twelve and four. I am cautiously optimistic. So here's the thing: while I think that it's certainly a possibility that the Rams can finish twelve and four, it's still there's still a lot of uncertainties here. This is assuming that everybody stays healthy. This is assuming that the offensive line is, you know, cohesive. They at least have a chemistry together. This is assuming that the linebacker position isn't a total shit show. And this is assuming that, you know, Jared Goff actually improves um, from last year. You know, he has a bounce back year and that the running backs are as talented as their to be so there are tons of uncertainty with this season but one thing i will say is despite the uncertainties i think that this is a team worth looking at this is a team that has a ton of star power and i think this is a team that that can seriously uh be a playoff contender i don't i don't know if they'll finish 12 and 4 but it wouldn't surprise me yeah, I, would, I think you nailed all that. I would say, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about, like, a 5 at how confident I am the Rams are going to finish 11 and 5. This is, like, as you mentioned, a lot of star power on this team. There's a lot to like. At the same time, the team had holes last year that they didn't really fill. Uh, in the case of inside linebacker, ignored it. Uh, and we'll see if that even matters or not. Maybe they won't really even use the position. Uh, if Hard Knocks is any indication, that position is a shit show uh, from the brief segment we got of the inside linebackers. Um, but there's, there's just so much There's so much variance with this team, I feel like, and more variance in the offseason than I felt in, in years, at least in the Sean McVay era. Like, I could see this team going 13-3. and three. It's possible. I could also see them going six and ten because there's a lot of flaws here. Do I think they're going to go six and ten? No. Do I think they're going to go thirteen and three? No. Uh, I I like eleven and five. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I would probably bet on ten and six. But like you said, Goff Goff needs to be better. He he had moments last year. 
A lot of us have spent a lot of time defending him over the last couple months, and deservingly so. He's earned the benefit of the doubt, but you're kidding yourself if you think that last season was a good year for him. It was a step back in the wrong direction. Not all of it was his fault, but there were things he could have done that he didn't, and he needs to be better. Sean McVay needs to be better, which I'm very confident he will be, but he he didn't adjust until late in the season, and that honestly... Honestly, that cost us a bit early on. Uh, the the defense, I think, is going to be fine. But like you said, the inside linebackers needs to be whole. There's holes there. Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey needs to be a little better than he was here. But I'm confident in that, too. And then the offensive line. I mean, they played better at the end of the year. But it's not like they were the 2018 offensive line at the end of the year. There's a lot of holes there. There's a lot of unproven commodities. There's Rob Havenstein coming off the worst year of his career. There's Andrew Whitworth, who, as Sean McVay said on Hard Knocks, is in his 40th season in the NFL. Uh, it's There's a reason why we're not getting as much love from the mainstream media as we want, and that's because there's a lot of flaws here. But at the same time, there is a lot to like, and I, I am cautiously optimistic going into this season that things will go well for us but it's scary it's a lot can go wrong yeah there there's no question there's there's a ton to worry about but um i think overall i think that this team will have a lot of growing pains but one of the reasons why the schedule uh i have the rams you know, with a lot of positive wins here is because the schedule is actually in the Rams' favor. I mean, we play some of the worst teams in the league. Now, albeit I did say that they were going to have victories over really tough opponents like the Cowboys, like um, the Buccaneers, you know, even some within the division, I think, is going to be really, really tough games. But that's for a reason. It's because they have a lot of talent on this team. And it's something to keep in the back of your mind there. Yeah, and, uh, like, you mentioned the schedule. It's it's not bad, but we do play some tough opponents in the back half. And as I mentioned on previous podcasts, the, the pandemic, given that there's probably going to be no fans, is definitely a benefit for us from that perspective of not having fans. I, I am confident that our fans would have showed out this year, but at the same time, we don't have one of the best home field advantages in the league. And when we're traveling across the country to places like Philly, Buffalo, Washington, those games are going to be a lot easier without fans, even Miami. Uh, and you look at like our, our roster. A lot of these people have been here, and that's going to matter. The offensive line for all the flaws, there is... They were all here last year. The whole offensive line was here last year. That matters. Continuity is going to matter this season. Defensively, a lot of those guys were here last year. Now, we do have a defensive coordinator. That's going to be a setback. At the same time, teams aren't going to have film on his defense, at least early in the season. That'll be a plus. So, there's positives and negatives. But, yeah, it's going to be a interesting, fun, stressful season. And I just really fucking hope it happens. <laughs> That that's my biggest my biggest hope for this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think that's something we also have to 
keep in mind that this this is a scary year not for just uncertainties with the team overall but if it actually fucking happens if it 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 may not happen you know we might see a few games but if we see a lot of covid cases you can expect this season to be done with you know probably by week two or week three i feel like if we get beyond week five we should be okay but still it's a lot of uncertainties because even if you get to say like week 10 week 11 if let's say for example like over 100 players get covid out of nowhere then yeah expect the season to be canceled whether or not your team's doing well or not yeah well we're off to a good start at least with camp everything seems to be going well there uh and if the season does go well and they play a full season not canceling games baseball is gonna look really fucking bad uh, but anyways, Johnny, I think we can wrap it up there. Give me a follow on Twitter at C Rivero. Give Johnny a follow. Johnny five not six. Give Rams talk a follow. Talk Rams, and we will talk to you guys next week. Hey, I went in there. I about threw up. All right, have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss. Don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. type of drama where else does history hang from the raptors jalen brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rival the battle of the lake is real people and 30 feet is still in range Hurry, action. where else can a city this loud be this slept on where else is history still in the making oh my goodness. where else the nba only here season begins december 22nd on abc espn tnt and nba tv the nba is back where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city home to your biggest rival? The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it out of Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.